Man, Dame Dalla puts up a regular season masterpiece against the Rockets. Troubled Waters may be headed for the LA Lakers and the clinic checks in on Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. I rose a Panther. This is a clinic, all NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Ooh, feeling good, feeling great. How about you guys? Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? Feel like I got punched in the gut, but you know what? Trying to stay optimistic here. I'm doing good. Doing good. Good to be oh, here. Oh, man. We'll check in with those Lakers. Sammy, how you living, my friend? A little tired, man. I feel like I put up 175 points in a pickup game and still lost somehow. I don't know how that happens. But <laughs> what are you going to do? That was a brutal loss, man. But anyway, we got to check in with LeBron James here. It looks like he's going to miss several weeks with a foot injury. And this injury was sustained late in the third quarter. Um, in this crazy comeback win by the Lakers, 111 to 108. And this is really disappointing because I was feeling pretty optimistic after this game. The Lakers right now looks like they're sitting, where are they sitting? They're, they're sitting 12th in the standings and they're trying to climb their way into the play-in. Now that this injury has happened, what do you guys think about the state of the, the LA Lakers? Well, I'm okay. still mourning. Somebody start. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Not ready to bury him yet. Um, they're going to have a little bit of a tough road here for roughly the next, call it roughly a week. They're at Memphis tomorrow, back-to-back, at OKC after that. And they've got some home games coming up with Golden State and Memphis after. After that part of the schedule clears, it looks like it's a lot lighter so if they can get through this next week in that five-game stretch and win at least two of them, I think they can stay afloat. Obviously, you're losing LeBron. He's still top five player in the league, however you want to diagnose it. It's going to be a massive change, but it feels like they actually now have the depth to at least kind of overcome it, provided that Anthony Davis doesn't have a hangnail or something of that nature and misses a week, but that's another story for another day. Uh, I, I will leave it to you guys to give me your thoughts on this as well. Well, the good thing, Sammy, is that they have AD. And we have the media out there that says he's a MVP candidate when he can play. The other probably silver line of this is uh, the Lakers just picked up D'Lo, John. And we haven't seen him really play to his like, full potential just because of injury, but it all depends on D'Lo and AD and if Rui could step up. I didn't want to, you know, tell the LeBron haters out there because I've been reading, hey, this guy's 38, father time's undefeated. But I do like LeBron James a lot and I'll say, well, he has played more than Zion, Ingram, Kawhi, and AD. So, relax. LeBron's still one of the best to ever play the game. Are, Are you skipping okay? me? Because I'm totally okay with that <laughs> I mean, if we, we want to go that route. What do you think, man? No. What do you think? <laughs> so, I think, I think I speak for all Laker fans when I say, what the f- father time is going on around here man like <laughs> honestly it was a it was a punch to the gut like i said to start the show i i think again it's it's really deflating it's 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 hard because 
I mean, even from a Lakers perspective or from a Laker fans perspective, but even outsiders like you guys, right? You saw how the Lakers were kind of clicking, how much better they were defensively, how much deeper they looked as a team, how much more cohesive they looked. And to have an injury to obviously your best player is, is tough. But with that said, I think because of the trade, because of the depth, because of Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, like Sammy said, I think they have a better opportunity to stay afloat than they did prior to the trade, right? If this was just Westbrook without the depth, obviously it would feel a lot worse. And so I think that they can stay afloat. I think they could still win. I still think that they can make the play on, the play in. I don't think six seed is within reach anymore because of this. And I think most people would agree with me, but I do think that if they can make the play in and LeBron can get healthy, I would take, I would still feel confident that even the Lakers could win two games to make the playoffs. Now, will that happen? Will they even make the plan? Who knows? That's a, that's, that's the million dollar question here. But like Sammy said, they have a lot easier schedule. And so I'm still confident. I'm not going to lose hope. And if you're a fan of any team, unless it's like the Pistons or the Magic, I think, or maybe like some other team, you should always have hope in your teams. Shout out to the Hornets, though, who did lose Lomelo Ball. That sucks to see about his uh, his ankle. So we hope he gets better. We hope LeBron gets better. You never want to see injuries despite how you feel about certain teams. So I, I uh, again, gut punch, but I'm going to stay optimistic moving forward. June, bro, what do you think? Well, I actually wanted to ask, like, what what is your confidence level that they'll make the play in? Because right now, in the play in, we have the Warriors, the Jazz, Timberwolves, and Pelicans. So one of those teams would have to drop out. What's what's your confidence level now that LeBron James is out indefinitely? I'm gonna say a seven. I'm still fairly confident, and for reasons that Sammy stated, which is they have the top five, one of the top the easiest schedules remaining. Well, and so well, well. there are games that they're going to lose that they may have even lost with, with LeBron because there are some tough teams, but they do have an easier schedule. And then I just like, our, I like our depth. I think we're a lot better defensively. And I think we have a, the length we should, there are games that we were, I think we're still going to win. And there are some games that we might shock people, but I also think that the teams that we're trying to leapfrog here aren't as strong or have fallen off considerably like the Pelicans. JJ, what's your confidence level? I want to say seven to support my boy here, but uh, not high at all. <laughs> what, what's, what number? What number would you put? Like a three or four. Three what's or four. Are they? Okay. 12, 12 so or you, you got to cut that in half, actually. That's that's they're, him being nice to you, John. So it's more like a, a one or two. They're 12, <laughs> but they are literally half a game out of 10. Without LeBron. So... True. Hopefully they have, like I said, I got a back of my own take. They have D'Lo, the Lakers savior, and AD, Mr. Consistent. The, here's the like the key is AD, right? And I, for I don't I know I should feel more confident in that when I say that, but it's hard because AD has not shown to stay healthy, and he's also been shown to not be consistent or be mentally engaged all the time. He is an all-world talent. I don't think anybody can deny that. But when it's hard because if he had that mentality like he had last night, I think the Lakers are shooing to make the play in. Easy. But that's a big question mark with AD. Sammy, confidence level. 
I don't know why I feel like I've been like a Laker homer lately, but I'm going to go seven and a half that they make the play in. Looking at who's ahead of them, I think Utah has been very valiant this year, but they're going to fall off. The T-Wolves are a mess, and they have a lot more road games left. The Pelicans are in a free fall. We don't know when Zion's getting back. I think at least two of those teams drop out. Portland gets in. The Lakers get in. Maybe the Thunder get in. But I, I think the Lakers getting in the play, and I think they, they'll get there. They might be at the same seat, but I think they'll get there. Sammy, I take back all of the Westbrook slander that I that I said in the last episode. And honestly, that Westbrook slander is probably why we're in this position that we're in. It's karma. It's coming around full circle. I know it. <laughs> you know, barring barring any more injury misluck or bad luck, I'm I'm gonna say my confidence level is also at a seven. I think this game could have been easily like after this game could have been easily a pod about how well Polinka did during um during uh trade deadline also talking about like jared vanderbilt we haven't really talked about how great of a game he had and he looks like he fits like a glove right next to ad just does all the stuff you know that you wanted that you want from someone right next to him but anyway we're gonna take this to our next topic here Dame Dalla. Damian Lillard went off on Sunday night, dropping a franchise and career high 71 points. And he tied for the most in the NBA this season uh, with, gosh, what's, who, who else scored 71 points? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. And it was over the Houston Rockets. Portland won this game, obviously, 131 to 114. And it looks like Damian Lillard has more 60-point games than... Steph Curry, LeBron James, Shaq, Bird, Magic, and this list goes on. And I want to ask you guys, is this the best season that Dame Dollar has ever had as a Blazer? It's not a tumor. What do you guys think? Interesting question. And the reason why I say that is because are we talking about collectively we're talking about playoffs too or we're just talking strictly regular season because obviously if that's tbd because the, the, they haven't made the playoffs yet if they do make the playoffs Fair. because you can't if you're counting the playoffs you have obviously have to count the okc buzzer beater and even earlier than that is the buzzer beater against houston when the rockets had james harden and, and dwight howard so but i mean if we're talking about stats he's he's going off this year i mean i don't think that's like you know what I mean? He's, he's averaging 30, just under 33 points a game, shooting at 47%. He's shooting almost 40% from three, averaging seven assists and four rebounds, which is solid for a guard his size. I mean, those are pretty crazy numbers. But the Blazers, again, are not that great of a team, right? There you go. But, he get, but I know JJ is, is eager. He loves Dave, but he's <laughs> eager to throw those punches right now. And uh, look... As much as I want to see Roe and JJ go at it, because Roe is, is the number two, 1.75 Blazer fan in the world, I, I don't... It's hard for me to say. I, I think like you have to take that knock on Damian Lillard about what their record is. And I know he doesn't have the greatest supporting cast, but I still... He, when you're the main guy, you get all the, all the glory and you get all the criticism. So JJ, you know you were nodding your head. You said, there you go. 
what are your thoughts? I mean, I, we probably already know your thoughts, but I want you to, I want to hear your elaborate, hear you elaborate. And you know, but before you start, I, I want you to address this. Dame, Dame Lillard earlier this year said that he's the second best shooter in NBA history next to Steph Curry. Does something like this solidify that for you or it's still a no? That's a no. In my book, I mean, let's let's just be real here. Why do why do we watch the game? We, we want to see legacy. We want to see things never happening before, and we want to see greats, great the greats being great. And if you don't even make the playoffs, can you even be considered a great? They call it empty calories. Are these empty calories stats? Are they attributing to anything? And I was on the Rip City pod multiple times backing up Dame, but I mean, when you have people saying that he's in the he's in the echelon of Carmelo, Iverson, um, Stockton, like the people who never won it, Barkley, I wouldn't even put him in that category, guys. Like you have one seventy point game, like these guys made it to the finals, they have MVPs. Dame, you're number one. And you, you want to be number one in shooting, but you haven't even made it to the Western Conference Finals. And as much as I'm a big fan, to me, I know rings don't define a whole player, but damn, dude, I think it does mean it a lot. I'll just say that. If anything, that that defines your career. Sammy, what do you think? Am I being a hater or what? I don't. Well, I step in here hater. real quick because I don't want to put you on blast. But didn't the Blazers did make the Western Conference Finals, right? Sort of. I mean, they were swept in four by the Warriors, so they were there. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you're right, John. I'm just fact-checking, that's all. They were there. They were were guests. Yeah, they got got swept, and we didn't even have Kevin Durant. No, they they had courtside seats. Yeah. So, (laughs) JJ, what you said... You said you want to see the greats being great. I would add a line to that. I want to see them being great on the greatest stage. So the classification of players you came up with, I actually was looking this up earlier and I have so much respect for what he's done, but I don't think history is going to treat him that well. Because when you look back 20 years ago, like when we see highlights, what do we always see? The NBA Finals, we see whoever won championships, we see who got in deep. I think he's going to get remembered more along the lines of, I'm going to throw some names at you guys. So, Elgin Baylor, George Gervin, Alex English, Bernard King. Amazing scores, great players. Unless you're a big basketball fan, do you ever talk about any of those guys though? Really? Like, no, because they never got all the way... To the end game where they were the top star and i think unless he finally does leave or portland somehow pulls a major overall the roster he's not gonna win a championship and unless it's malone who fin- at least made the finals and finished number two or three now all time in scoring you're just you're not going to be reflected on historically just because there's not going to be highlights of you on that biggest stage the two main highlights i can remember of dame in the playoffs our first round knockouts, the Houston shot and the OKC shot. Both very impressive. Yeah. Both first round. So we're not going to talk about him as much. <laughs> yeah. So I have all the respect for his scoring talent in the world. 
I don't think he's going to be talked about historically the way Steph is, the way Larry Bird is, the way the other guys that we consider great shooters, even Clay, who as an overall player, Dame is probably going to go down as the better player, but Clay will get remembered, I think, in a better light historically because he did it on in these huge moments. So Absolutely. That that's my thought process. What do you think? I mean, for me. I think it's absolutely frustrating because I'm a, I'm a Damian Lillard fan. And I know that Damian Lillard has an it factor that his team just can't support. You know what I mean? Like, if he was on a better team, I could imagine him doing great things. It's just, we'll never know. Because the Blazers tend to just middle everything. You know, with their, with their trade moves, with their offseason moves. Like, they don't do anything that promotes winning basketball. And not to throw some more tinder on the fire here, but 71 points, like, it's highly impressive. 71 points is 71 points. But I also want to say this. It was against the Houston Rockets, which isn't, like, a great team. For example, these are points scored against the Houston Rockets. Doncic scored 50, Markinen 49, Morant 49, LeBron James 48, Atentacumpo 44, Edwards... 44, Trey Young, 44, Shy, 42, Clay Thompson scored four, over 40 twice. That's all this season. That's like, that's a huge Rockets problem there on defense. One one question. Yes. Do any of you put Dame over Clyde now? Yes. Yes. Oh, can what? I tell you why yeah. I would? Because I when Clyde made the finals, the West was not all that strong. And I feel like a lot of the Clyde MJ narrative from that finals was purely manufactured for a story. Yes. Where they were never close in actual talent levels. So I think if you threw Dame on that Portland squad, I know obviously they didn't play the same position. That would have been a closer series. I mean, what is Clyde going to be? What is he universally universally known for? The Michael Jordan shrug. It's not even him. It's just that the finals were <laughs> Michael Jordan shrugging after making his 6-3 or whatever it is. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, I do, for all those reasons that Sammy stated, yeah, I would put Dame above. Dame is, is he the best blazer of all time? Yes, I think it would have been between those two. And what's crazy well, is that I'll... Clyde the Glide, he, I don't even think he reps Portland. I don't think he even reps the Blazers because he reps the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. That's where he I got think his when, ring. Yeah, and when yeah. he was inducted to the Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure a Rocket was the one that introduced him. And I'm pretty wow. sure that he was wearing the colors of the Rockets and not the Blazers. Um, I could be honestly. You gotta put. That, some, but... You better put some. You better put some respect on Arvidas Sabonis's name, bro. <laughs> yes, father, I mean... father of Demontis Sabonis. <laughs> I do love Arvidas Sabonis, though. If only he would have played sick. in the he league when he was, you know, actually, 20s. yeah, yeah, and under his sixties, <laughs> not when he had like back problems and couldn't like <laughs> run up and down the court without getting winded. Yeah, those battles with Shaq though were legit. Yeah, those were Early crazy. Early 2000s. 
Yeah. But I, man, we were really, we're really digging into Dame after like such a great night too. Yeah. <laughs> we are definitely haters right now. But <laughs> let, I'm gonna go through these these records because these records are absolutely absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was the first 70 point game in under 40 minutes. Fewest uh, free throw, uh, th sorry, free throws attempted in a 70 point game for a 70 point game with 10 plus threes. The highest true shooting percentage in a 70 point game. I mean, and he's the oldest with a 70-point game. That's absolutely crazy. And it Respect. was so crazy that the NBA decided to give him uh, a drug test after his career night. That's respect. That's the sign of respect, man. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Compliment. That's true. But anyway, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsors. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sports, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 in the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys, we got to check in on these dead our trade deadline acquisitions of russell westbrook and kyrie irving we're gonna start with russ well 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 and in his first game he scored like 17 points uh seven of 13 shooting with 14 assists seven turnovers and five rebounds in 39 minutes in his second game also 17 points five rebounds five steals two turnovers and he shot six for ten in 25 minutes both games though in a loss they lost to the uh, they lost to the Nuggets, and they also lost to um, the Kings. Who's the other team, Sammy? Oh, the, the Kings. Kings. The Kings. Yeah. The they Kings. lit the beam that night. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think of so far the fit of Russell Westbrook with the Clippers? I will wait, gentlemen. Please go ahead. Well, it sucks in a way that Russell Westbrook pick the Clippers to join just because he still stays in the the spotlight. But he's a former MVP, so it kind of comes with the territory. So when you see that Kings game and you see um, Westbrook loses man at the buzzer beater, you're just like, oh, all the all the haters are coming out of the woodwork. But the numbers are impressive. And what I'll give props to Ty Lu, Sammy, is that he didn't play Westbrook in the fourth or OT and what do we always say like John always says this like it's not Westbrook's stats that makes John bothered about it it's his decision making at crucial moments of the game and when you don't have him playing the fourth or overtime you know let him play with the second unit that's where I thought all of his previous coaches should have, have been doing in the first place so in terms of the acquisition, so far, so good, I want to say. Um, obviously, the seven turnover turnovers for the first game was a concern, but then he kind of cleaned it up the second game. And I think he played a little better tonight, if I'm not mistaken. John, what do you think about your former boy playing for your second love, the Clippers? <laughs> Well, I'm going to play nice because the last thing I want is Anthony Davis to get injured. And so I am, my karma is at an all-time low. So I'm going to 
I'm gonna play nice, Sammy. I don't think it's so far. Well, I'm, I'm with JJ. I don't think it's that bad of a move. I think Ro made some good points, and Sammy made some points about when you when the, he was with the Lakers, they had to gut their team. He was been getting paid forty-seven million dollars. He's not getting paid that at all. Not even close to that with the Clippers, and. They have so many better pieces around him. They're able to utilize his strengths. They're able to emphasize his strengths, but they're also able to mitigate his weaknesses with that because of their depth, because of their shooting, because of their ability to to cover for his weak spots. And JJ made a good point. I think it's, it goes beyond the stats, right? My only concern about it, the fit, is the intangibles, his IQ, his decision making what he does that doesn't show up on the box score, um, defensive assignments, communication, things like that. Those are those are things that affect winning basketball. And you see it all over, right? Like guys like Draymond, Jared Vanderbilt. They're not gonna have eye popping stats, but they'll do things in the game that will that are conducive to winning. And that's my concern with Westbrook. That's always been my concern with Westbrook. It's hard to say whether or not that's that's a real factor here because they played the Kings who are a solid team, a great team and they played the Nuggets who are arguably the best team in the West so I'll wait to reserve my full judgment on this until they have more games under their belt and they play a more balanced level of teams, like top to bottom that's my assessment and I'm sticking with it and guess what, karma gods (laughs) don't get Anthony Davis injured because I was being nice tonight <laughs> nice. So, the first game, you could tell that he was trying to fit in, but he was still nervous is the wrong word, but just, you know, trying to figure things out. That's where I think the seven turnovers came from. I did like the fact that we will see if it's just good behavior for now or if he understands his role a little more than he has. Maybe that he also understands that if he doesn't play well in this stop, he might not have a job next year, but. Not taking a lot of uh, dumb shots, you know, not throwing up a 20-footer with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. The Nuggets game in particular, I watched it all the way through. Outside of one or two minor mistakes, which I'm not going to magnify with him any more than any other player, I thought the way he played was perfect, particularly offensively. Took 10 shots, which is totally fine. I uh, went 6 for 10, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 steals, like JJ mentioned, only turned it over twice. That version of him if that's what they keep going forward will actually be very conducive to the team because what he does bring that i saw in that game more than once that really no one else in the starting lineup and on the team in general has is just the ability to get to the basket at will whereas the rest of the team Kawhi, pg included tend to be a little bit more herky-jerky or have to make a move he can just power it through and they actually that came in handy more than once he actually pulled it i think on KCP in this game and rock the baby afterward, which was hilarious that he was still doing that. <laughs> um, the other or the other part of this though, and the thing I'm curious to see how Tyloo plays out are the rotations. Uh, Powell only played 17 minutes in an overtime game. That to me was egregious. He he needs to be playing more than that. Um, I don't know what his affinity is for Marcus Morris. No offense, Marcus Morris, but the fact that he's still playing 33 minutes just pisses me off to high hell. 
I think personally Westbrook should be taking some of Morris's minutes. And otherwise, Man play 25, Gordon play 25. I would bump Powell back up a little bit. Batum played about 2021. 20, the only player missing was Zoo. And so I think when Zoo comes back, Plumley will be closer to about 15 minutes and Zoo will probably play 2025. 20, so most of how this was managed was fine to me. Uh, obviously, the fact that they lost these two games, both in overtime, the way they did is very frustrating. But Westbrook in particular, I've been happy with what I've seen so far. So hopefully it continues. Get that jersey, baby. Get that jersey. <laughs> I do not buy jerseys of players anymore unless they retire with the team, unless it's Patrick Mahomes. Thank you very much. You know, I'm not I'm not too worried about what we've seen from West, Russell Westbrook so far because I think these two teams is probably probably one of the worst teams that he could face against. I mean, they go up against the Kings who have the number one offense, and we all know that Russell Westbrook, he tends to fall asleep on defense. And what's going to happen? The Kings are going to score the bucket. And that's why we saw like 170 points scored on both sides of the ball. And then against the Nuggets, I mean, they're the only reason why there isn't complete disparity in the West because they've got such a firm grasp on the number one seed. So I'm not too worried about Russell Westbrook. I think only time will tell, like John said, but I'm going to take us to our next topic here. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving and the Mavs are actually one in four when both stars are on the floor and one of the losses, which was a terrible loss by the Mavs, they blew a 27 point lead. Um, the score ended up being 111 to 108 against John's LA Lakers. And it was just a complete meltdown. And, you know, after leading that much in a season, NBA teams are actually 138 and zero until this game. And Kyrie Irving had this to say, he said, but for us, I think we showed some great poise in third quarter. But in that fourth quarter, I have to do a better job of just getting us into some initiated offensive sets and just be aggressive and not kind of force my way into the lane. What do you guys think of Kyrie Irving's, I guess, first look with pairing with uh, Luka Doncic? Well, he's being accountable for, <laughs> for his actions, which he hasn't been doing. <laughs> since God knows right when, but props props to him at least like taking some responsibility I mean to lose that lead 27 point lead to John's Lakers like good for John's Lakers but as a Dallas fan you got to be pissed off at that because you rarely see that happen if not this was the first time that it ha has happened right with the 27 point lead Teams are 38, yeah. 130 and 0. Yeah. So you three said it over and over again um, that you don't like the fit. My question now is if they start to really fall from um, grace, meaning their record, will Kyrie have any incentive to resign that contract this summer? Right? Well, let's look at it the other way. If they fall off that much, will the Mavs have any incentive to re-sign him? Because what they indirectly did was also clear that's, their cap. That's true. Um, I think when we all talked about the fit, one of the biggest things we talked about was defense, right? We're on the same page with that? Yes. Okay, one and four together. They have given up 133, 124, 118, 116. The 111 they gave up to the Lakers was the least amount they've given up since those two guys were in the lineup together. The defense is already rearing its ugly head, and this is something that... Do they need to get familiar playing together? Sure, but... 
when Kyrie and Luca are both in the backcourt together. Remember when Phoenix was hunting, or was it Phoenix, or I'm sorry, Golden State was hunting Luca last year? Mm-hmm. Now it's got to be pick and choose. You go hunt either one of them, and you're going to get any shot you want all day. So the defense is rearing its ugly head, as it is. So the only team they've beaten so far is San Antonio, who we talked about earlier has lost 14 straight. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, like they're when the doing Lakers, great. like when the late. That's like when the Lakers won two in a row or four in a row and they played the Spurs three times and everybody was on Reddit was saying, man, Lakers are back. And I'm like, nah, they played the Spurs three times, three out of four games. Yeah, but it's very similar. So they'll I'm, probably I'm beat with, the Pacers. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like defensively, they're just an unserious team for that reason, def- defense. But I think a few of us on here have said that, I know it's five games, right? Still a small sample size. But the fit just, I don't know, it's still a huge question mark for me because, and I know Kyrie played with LeBron and I know LeBron's ball dominant, but he's a lot more, he's a lot different player off the ball. He can, he can cut, he's athletic, he's a freak, he can do a lot of things, his IQ, and like Luca, he can learn to play off the ball, but he just, he is a guy who needs the ball even more so than LeBron. He needs that ball in his hands to be the most effective player and I just don't know if it's going to work. And I know it's a small sample size, but we'll see. And I, the Mavs are just not a, a contender. They've pundits have said it, experts have says it, said it. But like, if you just have an eye for basketball, if you just look at the numbers, the Sammy said their defense has been terrible. They've given up over 100 points, more, well above 100 points to the last five teams that they've played. And so, defense wins championships. And they're just not a serious team. And and honestly, like I know I'm gonna sound like a complete homer with purple glasses, goggles on right now, but they did blow a 27-point lead. But the Lakers locked in defensively. They locked in on that game defensively. And the Lakers have actually been a top three defensive rating to rated team since that trade. And I know it's only five games, small sample size, but they're up there and defensively, defensively. They're 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 locking in. They have the length, they have the athleticism. And they have the coach who emphasizes that side of the ball. So as much as the Mavs should not have blown that lead, the Lakers also were a huge part in that. So I just want to throw that out, throw that in there. I think this coming offseason, I think Jason Kidd's also going to be in the hot seat. I mean, after acquiring Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, you would at least think that he'd be able to come up with some more wins and be competitive and it seems like that's not happening unless they're playing the san antonio spurs and he actually had this to say after the game he said i'm not the savior here i'm not playing i'm watching just like you guys i mean that's kind of like a curious statement by jason kidd like aren't you like coaching and he kind sounds of like, like helping Kyrie, these guys <laughs> he does sound like Kyrie. like what's happening here but i'm actually gonna take us to our next topic here John's boy, Reeves, Austin Reeves. He got into a little hold me back moment with Josh Green and some expletive things were said. And to all you lip readers, you should look up the video and try to figure out exactly what he said. (laughs) But they got up in each other's face. And after the game, Reeves had to say this. He said, I feel like I always play with high intensity, try to play every game like it's my last Something was said, and I didn't really like it. It was a good basketball game. He was pressed further and further about what was said, and Reeves said and smiled, I don't remember. 
What do you guys think of this like little scuffle that Austin Reeves and Josh Green had? I'll go last. Go ahead. JJ, please. <laughs> I want to hear this. I mean, I don't want to steal all the thunder from you, John, but I thought it was pretty cool that Austin Reeves had some swag and yeah. the mean streak in him. Like, I dig that, man. Like, it's okay to step up somebody if they're going to talk smack, which the game is all about. Hey, what's up to your opponent? And Josh Green, man. Like, watch out. Reeves is coming to get your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but John, go ahead, man. Like, this is your boy. You got to back up your boy, right? I'm going to I'm gonna defer to Sammy, then I'll go. How would I describe this? I just thought this whole thing was hilarious, honestly, like more than anything else. I'll give Austin Reeves this for a dude who was borderline on the NBA like a couple years back. He he sure is confident now, huh? <laughs> like, like, good for you, man. I ain't gonna hate, but I I just thought the whole thing was really funny. Like I I'm just, I don't have anything like deeper than that, John. I really want to hear what you think of this. Ditto, ditto. So I had uh, I was searching Reddit, right? The Lakers Reddit, and I think somebody made a comment that got a lot of upvotes. It said. Did anybody know that Austin Reeves was from Compton, California? So my first inclination <laughs> was to actually Google it. And I legitimately believed it for a second just because of all the upvotes. No, he was born in Arkansas. Yeah. So moral of the story is don't believe everything yeah. you read, kids. Do your research first. But with that, I will say, I'm with JJ. I loved it. And obviously not just because I'm a Laker fan, but the fact that he actually stood up he, because what happened was, if I remember the play correctly, is that Josh Green caused a turnover from Austin Reeves. And as he was, they were walking back, Josh Green said something. He was kind of talking, talking, you know, smack. And Austin Reeves was not having it. So I like that. I like standing up for yourselves. Like if some guy's going to come at you and, and start start talking, start jabbing, come back at it don't don't back down i mean obviously these guys are not going to do anything let's be real this is 2023 maybe if it was back in the day they would do something but it's still good to see that you can the guy's going to stand up for themselves and i know we're not going to get into this whole like i'm not gonna I'll, I'll just say this austin reeves is not the type of guy at face value optics that you would expect to do something like that right i'll leave it at that i was gonna say i was gonna say like if i said someone on the la lakers went up to josh green and said i'll f you up i'm pretty sure you would guess austin reeves like pretty close to last <laughs> as the player that did it <laughs> that's like, putting this, it lightly yes this is unbelievable and the reason why i love it is because it actually shows like the chemistry inside the LA Lakers that like people are actually drinking the juice of belief like hey like we could actually do this we could actually come back and beat this Mavericks team we could actually make the play and maybe even solidly make the playoffs so I mean I think it's a clear sign that like some good things are happening inside for the LA Lakers but I'm going to take us to our next topic here the Bucks the Milwaukee Bucks have won 14 straight guys what do you guys think of the Milwaukee Bucks Jet. Giannis is the most dangerous player, <clears throat> arguably the best two-way player. The Bucks picked up their defense. They're now defensive rating number one. 
they are guard yep. guarding the three-point shot, only allowing their opponents to make 43% of their shots now. And defense wins championships. Like, I know they're not the most exciting team to watch, um, but I got to give them props because their defense is incredible. And Drew Hol uh, Holiday and Middleton, like, they haven't even played their best basketball yet, which is surprising. So that's all I could say about the the Bucks, but very impressive. Very, very impressive. Yep. They are they are one of my favorites to start this season to win it all. Not just because of the honest, but because they are defensive. When they lock in defensively, they're a juggernaut. They added Crowder. Um, they have uh Ingles. They have a lot of shooting. They have defense. They have rebounding. They have Brooke Lopez still. Obviously, they have Giannis, they have Middleton, and they have Drew Holiday. So they are stacked at every position. They're deep. They play defense. They can shoot. And, of course, they have the MVP of the league. And, like, if we're being honest, they beat the Suns, but they also, they've been in the deep in the playoffs every single year. And barring a few other injuries, they probably, Giannis may have more than one title at this point. So I think they're going to be there. I think they're coming out of the East. That's my thought. I think they're one of the two favorites to win the title, along with Boston. Uh, I was just curious. I looked up their odds. They're still third in terms of NBA title odds, which is surprising. People really jumped on that Suns bandwagon without seeing that team in action yet, but that's another story. I, I think you guys are absolutely right. It's interesting they've done all this. Middleton is still coming off the bench as recent as that Phoenix game. Giannis didn't play in that Phoenix game either, and they still beat them, so... We know this team. They've been there. They're experienced. They didn't. The only player that they added, I believe, over the deadline was Ingles. Was that what you guys were saying? Was that right? Just Ingles, right? Uh, and, or at the and start Jay of the year, they added the him. Crowder. Yeah, yeah. they have Crowder, Crowder. Crowder off the buyout. So even the guys that they added are guys that have been there. They they've been there. They have that experience. Like I would be shocked if this team didn't at minimum make the conference finals against Boston. And I think, like I said, along with Boston, I think these are your two favorites won the title. Definitely. There's only one criticism, right, Jin? What is it? Oh, he's going to Coach Bud. Yeah, well, that that too. But I'll give Coach Bud his props. The Ooh, sale. Uh, the sale. What happened? Go for it. Yeah, what happened? Tell us. Well, it looks like the owners of the Cleveland Browns and the Columbus Crew. Are trying to get a piece of the Bucks here, and JJ, do you, do you want to speak on this a little bit? All right, it's the Browns. Just look up Deshaun Watson's contract and his history, and they still signed him. Just saying. <laughs> That's just a yeah. recent history. I don't even gotta name drop the state of the franchise or how the franchise has been within the past. I don't know how many decades, Sammy. It's whole entirety or what? Uh, when did Armodell put, put them on that bus and move them to Baltimore? <laughs> but absolutely, you you guys are right about the Bucks. I mean, we've been waiting for a team to kind of rear its head um, around this time, right? Around All Star break. That's when you hit the switch, and I want to say that they're the first team that has literally flipped this switch on, and. They're an absolutely scary team. I want to take it to our next topic here. Our last topic. It looks like 
the NBA is considering changing the overtime rules instead of having like an extra like extra time they want to make a target score instead what do you guys think of this this is right after by the way that what 170 point barrage that uh your clippers and kings we lost that game and if they had gone off a target score we would have we wouldn't have seen potentially that second overtime and I, I bring up the fact that the Clippers lost because I'm still saying I wouldn't have wanted to be denied the kind of drama that you got out of that game by a target score so maybe I have a bad taste in my mouth from the all-star games lately I think it's a horrible idea if they're talking about the players playing too many minutes because that's part of the story being a fan of the Los Angeles load managers, I think that they already have enough ways of controlling their minutes. Like <laughs> they can play. Yeah, I, I know it's a grind on these guys' bodies. I respect that. But how often do you get double overtime in a season? Three, four times, yeah. maybe in the span of the year. Exactly. Like, it's ridiculous. That's a ter- that's a terrible reason because of the probability, like you just said. It's not. It doesn't happen that often. So, and when it does, like it, it's very seldom. So, it, to me, that's just a dumb excuse. It's a dumb reason. If they're trying to make it more competitive, obviously the All Star Game was not indicative of that. So, there you go. To me, there's zero reason to implement this rule. And if they do it, I'm still gonna watch, but I'll do it begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> like, aren't aren't rules made to make the game better or? To quote, I know, to protect the player's safety, but we're talking about the best athletes in the world. Are you saying they can't handle an extra few minutes of the game, which makes the sport that much more exciting? If you wanted to give more of an excuse to the the older heads to talk smack and call you guys soft, go ahead and implement this, please. Because this is what it shouts to the world. NBA players of today, you are soft that you can't even handle an extra few minutes of a game for the sake of winning. Come on. I am in 100% agreement with all three of you. I want to know what the numbers were like from that Clippers-Kings game because I bet you that a whole bunch of people were like, hey, like on the text thread, you guys need to turn on this game. You guys need to watch this game. Imagine if it was a target score. That kind of stuff would not happen. I bet you no one turned off that game after what was going on. And you guys are right. I mean, it would take away all the drama. But anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's show. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you all. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good night. Sammy, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me as always, man. Appreciate you. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. Unmuted.